0: So I want you, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to try to be as brief as possible, and everyone laughed. That ain't funny. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 13 today, um, a very, a very bit of powerful scripture, and just felt compelled to succumb this way, because I feel like God is is positioning us, and God is moving us uh, towards Him. And where I'm at right now, listen to me, I know there's a lot going on, there's the revivals, and where I'm at right now is I have not tasted and I have not seen what I want to see from the Lord. And I believe that God has more for us if we are willing to chase it. And I believe that if we come with a heart of ex- expectation and we begin to, uh, begin to fall to our knees and we begin to pray and we begin to repent that God will meet us. Amen? Amen. And that's where I'm at right now. And so I, I felt compelled just uh, by the Lord to just speak this to you today. Romans chapter 13 verse, verse 11. And it says this, and do this knowing the time. Everyone say knowing the time. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Everyone look at your neighbor. Say wake up. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Verse 12 says this. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Verse 13 says this, Let us walk properly as in, uh, as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, and not in strife and envy. Verse 14 says this, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone say, put on the Lord. Aww. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this word today. God, it is, it is uh, anointed today. God, I pray, Lord, that I would just be a conduit of, of you today. God, I pray, Lord, that you just begin to speak through me. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to speak. God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would do the work that it needs to do in this house and in hearts today. And, God, we will give you the praise. God, we will give you all, all the glory for everything that's accomplished. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. All right. I want to speak to you on this topic of put on Jesus. Everyone say, put on Jesus. Put on Jesus. I I remember uh, a few years back, I was serving on a board in in Southern California, and I had to go travel for meetings, and one time I was in a hurry uh, packing my bag to leave for these meetings. I would have to go a few hours away and stay the night to attend these meetings, and and, and I was in a hurry to pack. Anybody ever got in a hurry packing your bag, forget something, you know what I'm talking about, miss something, forget your toothbrush, whatever the case, and I was in a hurry packing my bag, I was not really paying attention, and I... I left to go to this meeting, and I got down there, I stayed the night, I got up the next day, and and I put on a pair of pants. And I remember thinking, these pants are, you think I wear skinny jeans now, but I remember thinking, uh, these pants are are tight. And I remember thinking, man, I have got to push myself away from the table a little bit because I thought I was gaining weight. And and I I was just like, man, this is terrible. And man, it, I I mean, it was a lot of work to get those pants on. I I got them buttoned somehow. I don't even remember how I got them buttoned, but I got and I walked and I was very uncomfortable all day. How many of you ever wore too too small a pants? I was too cheap to go buy a pair of pants. And and I remember I wore those pants all day and I thought, "Man, these are uncomfortable." I sat in meetings all day, and then we got done with our meetings and I drove home in those pants and I walked in the door And uh, my wife was like, how was your meetings?" I was like, it's good. Everything was good at the meeting. She looked at me and she goes, you have Wyatt's pants on. (laughs) Now, Wyatt was in fifth grade then. (laughs) Now, that's funny, isn't it? You guys make the same mistakes. Come on. but I, I, remember, I remember thinking, man, this is uncomfortable. This is, I, I should not have, and I remember thinking, no wonder these pants were so tight. You know, here I am, uh, a man, wearing my fifth grade son's pants. I don't even know how I even did that, you know. I mean, I don't even know how I got them off. I might have had to cut them off. I don't know. Um, but I wore those pants that day. But, I, you know, the scripture says putting on Christ, and that means this, putting on a new life. That's what putting on Christ means. It means I'm putting on a new life. And, and in Scripture, we see this in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So when we come to know Jesus, when we put on Christ, the old man has to die. Oh, come on, somebody. So how many uh, have been made new by Jesus? Amen. And so this is interesting because this is written to, to the Romans. And in, and in Rome, you know, this is, uh, they wear togas, right? And, and so wearing a toga for a young man, you know, they would move from an adolescent toga to, a, to a, a greater toga that was for maturity. And so they would put the toga of childhood and they would put on the toga of manhood. Can you hear what I'm saying today? They would go from being young to moving forward. How many know that you don't do the same things you did when you were three? I pray you don't. Right? I pray you don't. And and so you grow. And we're in this perpetual thing with the Lord where we're growing every day. Amen? You know, here's what, and you've heard me say this. You ought not be in the same place with the Lord that you were a year ago right now. You ought not be in the same place where you are in the Lord's where you were six months ago, a month ago, a week ago, yesterday. You ought to be closer to the Lord today than you've ever been. That's the way that it goes. So I want to talk to you about putting on Jesus today. Putting on Jesus. I love this little bit of scripture. And this is, I mean, I've got four little points, and I'm going to try to fly through these quickly. Number one is this. Wake up. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Wake up. How many wake up, uh, how many in your family, you know, I can, I can attest to this, uh, people, it, different people in your family wake up differently, right? Right? Zaylee, man, uh, she is like a popcorn, you know, like you could just be like Zaylee, and she's like Psh! ready to go awake, you know. She jumps up really fast, and she is, she's on the go. Uh, Wyatt could sleep through World War III outside of his room. It's just a difference. It's just, that's just the nature of, of life, right? Uh, and, and we're all different. My brother, he's interesting. When he falls asleep, like he's fell asleep in the, in the car with me, and I have to be careful, like, if I'm driving, if I tap him and wake him up, the, his first response is to start swinging. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's been a few times where I've had to dodge, you know, kind of, you know, go back at him. And so, but you get startled. But it's safe to say this, and I, I will say this. Come on. It's safe to say that the church has been slumbering. And I'm not talking, uh, I'm, I'm talking spiritually here. And I'm not, I'm not calling out anybody. I'm just saying, in general, the American church has been slumbering uh, for some time. We've gotten complacent. Come on, somebody. And I believe that God is doing something right now to shake the foundation of His church to wake us up. Amen. Uh, Call it an awakening, call it a revival, I don't care. God is stirring the bride of Christ and taking us and trying to get us to a place. Because the Bible says this, that he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. Amen. I don't know about you, I want to be a part of that bride. And Christ is, is is shaking the church out of her slumber. And I love what's happening in Lee University. I love what's happening at Asbury University. I love what God is doing through college campuses across this nation and in churches. And I see reports over and over and just everywhere. And I say, Hey, God, shake me out of my complacency. Amen. Come on. God is doing something new. Come on. Amen? And what you see today may not look like what you thought it should look like, but let me tell you something. God does not put new wine in old wineskins. Come on, somebody. That's not even in my notes, All right, You got that one for free today. Look at this. Verse 11 says this, and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. If now our salvation is nearer than we first believe. I love this. I love the verbiage here in this, this particular uh, translation. It says, it's high time. It almost sounds like, like an old western, ride. Right? It's high time. It's high noon. It's, it, is, it is time, meaning that it is the season, and this is the hour church that we have to wake up. Uh, it reminds me, you know, uh, we have several hunters in this church. I pretend to be one. I'm not really good at it. I go with those that are good at it, but they tell me to, to make noise somewhere else, but they send me, but, but you know hunters, this is what they do when it 's hunting season, they know it 's hunting season they begin to prep for that. Come on, all you hunter's wives know what I'm talking about. And they begin to get things ready for the hunting season. They buy ammo. They, they get all their decoys. If they're turkey hunters, come on. There's nothing like turkey hunting. Come on, somebody. And, and, and anyway, so, so they do this. So it's the season. And listen to me, church. It's like, it's like this, moving into right now, football season. And not right now, it's college basketball. But guess what? We're about to come into the best season, baseball season. Come on, somebody. I didn't get everybody with that one on that one. That's all right. No, but listen, church, there is a season, there is a time, there is an hour, and there is a place. And let me tell you, why not now? Why not now? And why not wake up out of our spiritual slumber, our spiritual complacency? Amen? I love this. uh, you You know, when I was growing up, my dad would come into the room and he'd say, get out of bed, get up. The alarm's going off. Anybody sleep through the alarm sometimes? Yeah. Get up. Wake up. And the alarm is going off right now. And the Lord said, get up. It's time to wake up, church. It's time to get out of our complacency. You remember back in the Old Testament, you know, this great example of of Samuel and, you know, Samuel was there, and he was given to the Lord by his mother, Hannah, and he was serving there in the temple with Eli, the, the priest. And you remember that story where Samuel, how many remember Sunday school, the old flannel gram, right, you put up there? I remember I remember seeing this as a kid. And, and Samuel was awakened by the Lord. He was a young person. Listen to me, young people. He was a young person, and the Lord was speaking to him. To him. Can I tell you something? God will speak to you if you seek with all your heart. The Bible says you will find me when you seek with all your heart. So Samuel, when he is there, he is, he is sleeping and he's awakened by that someone calling his name. And he got up and he ran to the priest Eli and he asked him what he wanted. He was, you know, he heard something but he, he missed who he was supposed to be talking to. And, he, and, and Eli said, I didn't want anything. Go back to your room. And it happened again. And he heard Samuel. And he gets up and he runs to Eli again. He says, what do you want? And he says, nothing. But Eli, being uh, one who knew what the voice of God, said, hey, next time this voice speaks to you, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And I love this little bit of Scripture And and, and Eli had his own issues, but the next time Samuel heard, he heard the Lord speak. Samuel, and he said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the only way you're going to hear the Lord is to get yourself out of your proverbial slumber. Is to wake yourself up in this awakening spiritually. Amen? Amen? And I begin to think about this. Eli, you know, it's interesting. Listen to me. Eli was the priest. Why didn't God speak to Eli? Why did he pick Samuel and not Eli? And I begin to think about this. And most of you know the backstory to this. Eli had some trouble in his house. He had some sin in his house. His boys were a mess. And they were doing things that they were not supposed to be doing. And listen to me. Now is the time to get, you want to hear clear from God? Get the sin out of your life. So God didn't speak to the priest, but he spoke to the young person. Hear me, young people. God can speak to you. He can call you by name. Could it be that suddenly there is an awakening, a revival happening, and and God is looking for our response, or are we too busy hitting the snooze button on God? Next time. Nine more minutes, God. Nine more minutes. Samuel's heart was pure, unlike Eli's, who... Who, who would not address the sin problem in his house. And, you know, Jesus would say this in Matthew 5, 8. Look at this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, what, shall see God. And how do you have a pure heart? Repentance. Running to the Lord. Running to the Lord with all, all your might and power and saying, God, uh, cleanse me. Make me pure. Make me right. It's the time. It's the hour. It's the season. Everyone say, it's the time. Everyone say, it's the hour. And it is the season. For the church to wake out of lethargy, out of slumber, to wake out of apathy, to to start saying, speak, Lord, for we are listening. We want to see you. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 13 says this, but when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible, right? We can turn the lights off in here, and it'll get dark in here. Anybody? I, some of you, listen, it is dark in this auditorium when you walk through here because there are no windows. It is very dark. And, but here's what happens. When you turn the light on, everything becomes visible, right? Therefore, it says this. is what the Scripture says. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will what? I want to say this to you today. Wake up in Jesus' name. Wake up in Jesus' name. So here's the second thing I want to talk to you about is this. Dress up. Everyone say dress up. Don't wear your son's pants. You know, there's been times where me and Tristan have have been at home, and we live out in the country, and we thought, oh, let's go to town. And, 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 And Tristan's like, I'm not dressed to go to town. Some of you ladies know what I'm talking about. You have your comfy clothes that you wear at home. That you just wear at home, and, and then, but you, you are not going to be seen in public in them. It's not that they're bad or anything bad. It's just like, hey, I am not going out like this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And there's been times where we've decided to go to town and thought, oh hey, let's go through a drive-through. Let's go get an ice cream or something like that, right? Anybody do the same thing or am I the, Are we the only only strange ones in? Okay, and, and so we'll go to town, and Tristan will say, "I'll go to town as long as I don't have to go in anywhere, right? and it's funny because like usually what happens is I'll go and then I'll be like oh Tristan I gotta go to Lowe's and she'll say I'll sit right here in the car or I gotta go to JC right she'll say I'll sit right here in the car but we have to dress up everyone say dress up look at this verse 12 says this the the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. I love this next bit of scripture. It says, let us put on the armor of light." So Paul says that the, the time is short, so, so we ought not be playing games. Come on, somebody. And Don't get off guard wearing your comfy clothes. Come on, somebody. When you should be ready for battle. He's saying this. It's time to suit up. I love the fact that he uses that word armor there, the armor of light. You want to you shake darkness? Put on the armor of light of what, who God is. And, you know, works of darkness there, that's acts of sin people want hidden from sight. You know, one of the most terrifying things that I could tell you right now is if, if I was to say, hey, we're going to put everybody's sin up here. We're going to put your name and we're going to put all your hidden sins right up here. And everyone would be terrified and want to leave, right? Some of you would want to stay because you want to see everyone else's sins. <laughs> Works of darkness are acts of sin people want hidden from sight. There's been things that I've done that I'm not proud of. There's been things in my life that I should have done different, that I should have been better at. But look at this. Works of light are, are the acts of righteousness. And I, I heard this and I thought this was, was very powerful too many Christians want to trust God to take them to heaven, but not enough to guide their lives daily. You know, the God that gives you eternal salvation can give you a victorious life daily. Can help you to walk above the reproach of sin. Amen. Can help you to stop that habit that you are, are trying to, that hidden sin, that darkness that you don't want no one to. God can help you walk above it. Amen. It's the reason that that many people's lives, they they look like the darkness of the world instead of the light of Christ. But look at this. It says, put on the armor of light in verse 12. And then if you go down to verse 14, it says, put on Jesus Christ. And it's the exact same meaning. You have to put it on. Like I talked about the garment of praise. It is something that you have to physically, uh, not physically, but spiritually, you're going to put it on. You're going to say, hey, today I am going to put on Christ. I am going to walk with him and he is going to carry me. First John tells us this, and you've heard me say this, and I, and we're going through First John right now on Wednesday nights, and it tells us that God is light, and there is no darkness in Him. There's no sin in Him. Listen to me: when God's light shines on you, it exposes all sin. First Peter two nine says this: that God has called us out of darkness into what marvelous light marvelous light God takes us from our darkened past our sinful past and then he shines his light on us and we are transformed when we believe in him when we repent in our hearts and then he changes us from darkness to light and then you have people like today who come in and say hey I've been transformed and I've been changed by the goodness of God and I've got to tell the world about it amen and we see after waking up, God is calling us into a deeper relationship and dressing up, spiritually speaking. I'm not talking about physically in the clothes, all right? But from dark to light, from sin to freedom in Jesus' name, amen? And I'll tell you this, you'll not beat the darkness of this world on your own. You, you can't. You can't. You, you won't do it. But you can do it through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the light of Jesus Christ, through the love of Jesus Christ, and through the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise today? (laughs) Amen. Everyone say, dress up. Put on the light of Jesus. Put on Jesus. Come on, here's the next one right here. Clean up. Everyone say, clean up. Verse 13 says this Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Some of you say, man, I don't like this little bit of verse. It's it's challenging to us. It's, It's calling us to go from where we were to what God wants us to be. Listen, sin is not, I love this. You've heard me say this statement. Most of you on Wednesday night have heard me teach this. Sin is not bad because it is forbidden. Sin is forbidden because it is bad. Let me say that again. Sin is not bad because it is forbidden. Sin is forbidden because it is bad. Romans 3.23 says the wages of sin is death. And I said, I, I think I said it on Wednesday night. Sin will end in death physically and spiritually every time. Now there's times where where sin you know the Bible says that sin is good for a season. There may be seasons like I'm living it up right now. I am enjoying this, but let me tell you something: it will take you further than you ever wanted to go, and leave you emptier than you ever wanted to be. Right now, there's this uh, thing going on in uh, East, I want to call it Palestine, because I lived in Texas, and they call everything weird down there. They call it Palestine, Texas, but East Palestine, Ohio, there was that train that derailed over there right now, right? And you guys have seen it on the news, and and all the, the, the toxic smoke and everything that's in the water that they're dealing with right now over there. And that's a bad situation, that's a terrible situation, a terrible environmental mess, and we ought to pray for them, amen? Because those people are scared and those people are looking for answers and some of them are even sick. But, but it's like sin, it's bad. We say, hey, sure, yeah, this is, this is, is fine for a season, it won't hurt. But what happens, it blows up and it destroys our lives. Come on, somebody. It blows up and it destroys our marriages. Come on, somebody. It blows up and it destroys our dreams and it destroys our futures and it leaves us scared and it leaves us looking for answers and sick and in spiritual depravity. Charles Spurgeon said this. And I, I, I mean, I don't know. I've just been, he's been speaking to me. I've been looking at a lot of his quotes lately. He said this. There must be a divorce between you and sin. Or there can be no marriage between you and Christ. And I happen to line up and agree with that. Can I tell you something? When you begin to walk in holiness... It draws us closer to the Lord. And you can walk in holiness and be happy. But let me tell you something. When you walk in sin, it will bring you down, 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 down. And You heard me say this. Jesus is coming after a pure and a spotless bride. Amen. And a church. And sin separates us from God. So Paul is saying, hey, don't do it. Just steer clear of it. In the words of the great theologian, Barney Fife, he says, nip it in the bud. None of these youth laughed at that joke. Andy Griffith. They really think Barney Fife is some theologian. But he used to say that, right? Barney Fife used to say that. He'd say, Andy, nip it in the bud. Stop it before it happens, right? And listen, we have to walk in a way that says, Lord, I'm not even going to put myself in a place of sin or allow that to even be in my life. They're a good example of this is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We see Jesus, and he's running uh, to the gatherings to the, and he's there, and he's going through, and there's the demonic man, and he's naked, and he's cutting himself, and he lives in a graveyard, right? How I many know that that's crazy, right? And the Bible says that this demonic man, he was causing all kinds of terror, and they just didn't want anything to do with Nobody wanted anything to do with him, and his name was Legion, and, or when Jesus spoke to them because he was full of many, many, many demons in that moment. And Jesus cast out the demons. And the Bible says uh, everyone, once they heard that, they came back to see what had happened. And look at this. In Luke chapter 8, verse 35, it says this. Then the people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus. I want you to look at the verbiage here. Clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. I want to just show you something here. It says he was clothed. And I, I think he was clothed physically, but I also think the veil had been taken off. And I believe that he was clothed spiritually in that moment that Jesus Christ was with him. And only Jesus can cover up your past mistakes. And only Jesus can cover up your sins. Our righteousness is as what? Filthy rags. The best I can do is a dirty, uh, no no good for nothing rag. But God says, hey, I can wash you white as snow. Amen? The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God. I like the second part of this verse. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And the difference in that statement is, that brings death and brings life is Jesus Christ. You hear me today? It's Jesus Christ and Him alone. Everyone say, clean up. Here's the last one right here. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Everyone say, grow up. Woo! Grow up. All right, look at this, verse 14. But on, on, uh, but put on, everyone say, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust." Put on the Lord, uh, Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? Uh, what does that mean exactly? You know, some of us, we, we, I hear you saying that, Pastor. What does that mean? I don't understand that. Maybe I don't come from a church background. And you may not understand what I'm trying to say. Colossians, I think, describes it really well. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, it says this. Since God chose you, everyone say God chose you to be the what? Do you, what kind of people? Mm, he loves. You must Yeah, come on, clothe yourself with what? Tender mercy, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults. Come on, somebody. And forgive anyone who, for, who offends you. Come on, somebody. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Somebody needed to hear that in this house right now. But look at this. Verse 14 says, above all, clothe yourselves with, with what? Which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Jesus, God is love. Jesus is love. And when the love of God is in you, guess what? Kindness will come out of you. Humility will come out of you. Forgiveness will come out of you. Right? It's what this tells me. So as you get closer to the Lord daily, you'll begin to grow up and look more like Jesus. I don't want to look the same today, where I'm at today. Next year at this time, I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to be transformed to where he wants me to be next year at this time. By his grace, I will. See... When you start acting like this, you'll not make provision for the flesh or carnality or sin. Because guess what? You're acting, you're putting on the mind of Christ. You're, you're doing what Christ would do. You know, Christ came. He lived a perfect life. Say, I can't do that. You know, we're, sin, you know, we're sinners. We, we make mistakes. We fail. But let me tell you something. God can give you grace and God can help you to walk in holiness. Amen. How about this? Next time you're driving, or next time you're in the store, or you're watching TV, ask yourself this question: Am I living and acting like him right now? I'm talking about Jesus. Hey, I, I just convicted myself. When I'm driving, I need to ask myself: Am I acting like Jesus? Or am I asking like, or am I acting like NASCAR? <laughs> you know, when I was growing up in the '90s. Yeah, I'm that old. Um, there was this thing that that came up, and and some of you remember, and and, and never once in a while resurfaces. But we had these bracelets, and they said WWJD. Right? How many remember that? Nobody raised their hand up here. WWJD, and that was what would Jesus do? And they would give us these bracelets and say, "Hey, remember when you're out and about today." To look at that and say, "Hey, what would Jesus do in this situation?" What a good reminder to us, Amen. Maybe we ought to readopt that and think about that. Here is the thing: Am I am I acting and doing what my what my flesh is telling me to do, or am I imitating Jesus Christ? Am I imitating his characteristics, but also not only am I just not just imitating them, but am I living? close in a personal fellowship with him is he transforming me i'm not just doing a bunch of list of things that i need to do i'm i'm living it out hebrews 12 tells us this listen to me hebrews chapter 12 says tell tells us to lay aside every weight and sin that easily trips us up and i believe today god is calling us to lay some things down how about this first corinthians chapter 13 tells us that, and Paul says this, when I was a child, I spoke as a child and I acted like a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. And some of us need to put away our carnality and our flesh. And say, hey, God, I, I want to seek you with all my heart. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said that holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. You know what saves you? You've been saved by Grace. It's not the way you act. It's not any of that. But a product of God's grace in your life is turning and repenting and running from sin and walking in towards the holiness of God. And saying, God, burn away every fleshly desire, every sin within me so I can know you in a way that I've never known you. It's interesting to me. Another example that I see is this. Jesus in in the temple, right? The Bible says that what? We are the... Temple, right, right. But physically, when he was here on earth, he went to the temple, and what did he do in the temple? Remember, they were they had stuff in the temple that didn't need to be there. They were selling and trading and doing things that didn't belong there. Let me let me ask you this: and Jesus came in, he cracked the whip, he flipped the tables over, and ran them out. Right? Let me ask you this: what tables have you set up in your life that Jesus needs to run out in your temple? What are some things inside of you that he needs to overturn It says, this doesn't belong here. This is a pure and a holy place. This needs to go. See, there's this transformation that, that, that takes place in our lives. And, and we don't live to please the flesh, but we live to please the one, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me ask you this question. What in your life is sin? That's rhetorical. Don't answer. What is childish, what is flesh, and what is keeping you from putting on Christ fully? Will you bow your heads with me all across this building? God, we seek you today. God, I know this was very simple. But God, it is a call, Lord, to holiness and a call to repentance. God, apart from you, Lord, we can do nothing. God, you've called us to wake up. It's time, it's the hour, it's the season to wake up. It's time to repent, to know Jesus. It's to believe on him, but it's also to repent and turn away from sin. The Bible says that when we do that, he will forgive you. And that's justification, that's a big word, that's a big churchy word. But justification, it literally means this, just as I had never sinned, God goes and makes everything he clears the slate it doesn't count against you anymore amen because jesus paid the price isaiah 43 25 says i am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and i will not remember your sins dress up and clean up lord i, I choose to walk in the light of god and the love of god not in the darkness of this world romans 12 verses 1 and 2 i love this bit of scripture it says i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. Come on, somebody. But be what? Transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Be transformed by, by in your mind. Daily, I'm walking this out. Me personally, I'm just telling you, and daily, the Lord is leading me, and I'm getting closer and closer to Him every day, and I have to ask Him to help me. Here's the, here's the last one here is grow up. I'm, I'm putting on Christ, and I'm not following my flesh. So being like Jesus Christ with, with, with characteristics, with truth and peace and righteousness and love coming out of me, fruit of what abiding in Him is about. Not just imitating Christ's characteristics, but also living in close personal fellowship with him. Another scripture here, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says this. Listen to me. This is going to bring us to this point. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God. Everyone say Jesus in true righteousness and holiness. Put on Jesus. Be like Jesus. It's that simple. Today if you're here under the sound of my voice and say, hey, pastor, I I need to repent in my heart. If you're here, and listen, I, I, I don't. I'm I'm just gonna just ask you to come. I'm just gonna just compel you to come today and say why Why are you doing this? Because I just feel the need that that it's something that we need to do. If you're here, you say, Hey, Pastor, I I need to repent. Maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Today, you know, can I tell you the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is He is faithful and just to forgive us. And so, in this moment, you say, Hey, I I want to know Jesus or I want to repent right now. Will you do this? I I, I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass you, I'm not doing this to embarrass you I'm not doing this, but would you just by, by conviction, by what you feel in your heart today, just, just come down front I promise you, we're not gonna we're not, we're, we, that someone will be down here to pray with you, just come at this moment with all heads bowed, all eyes closed anybody in this building, anybody in this building, anybody in the balcony come on let's just take a few moments here say why are you, why are you taking a few moments, because someone's eternity may be on the line, come on Maybe you're here and you say, hey, I, I, I need to put on Christ. I need to do a better job in my life. And it doesn't mean that you're living in sin, but, but maybe you just need to be better. You just want the Lord to just help you do this daily. If that's you, will you come? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, put on Christ. Not the flesh. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. Can I get some prayer warriors down here? We got a prayer team. They're going to pray with you. Listen, and, and if you want to share with them, you can. Can we just take a few moments here? Come on, if you're here, come on, if you're here, and, and maybe you're not responding, will you say, hey, hey everything's okay with me? Will you just stretch your hands down here and begin to pray for these people down here right now? God... I pray, Lord, that those that are hungry and thirsty today, God, I pray, Lord, that you would fill them, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would break the, 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 the hearts of apathy and complacency. God, I pray, Lord, that you would wake us up. God, Lord, that you would, there would be an awakening in our hearts and in our lives, God, that would transform us, God, so we can transform the world like you've called us to do, God. God, I pray right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will begin to lead and guide us. Lord, we seek you. Lord, we seek you with all of our heart, Lord. Lord, your word says that if we seek you with all our heart, we will find you. So, Lord, we seek you today. Come on, will you stand with me? Come on, will you stand with me all across this building? They're going to lead us in a song. I want you to just stretch your hands this way, begin to pray right now. Holy Spirit, work. Holy Spirit, do your work.